All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Garrett Mergut. I am your host today of the SaaS Marketing Makeover, and I am very excited to be joined by David Thompson. Uh, David is the ex-CMO of every SaaS company out there. No, uh, he's ex-CMO, WebEx, Como, Freshworks, uh, and happy to have him here. David. Hey, great to be here, Garrett. Yeah, man. No, I'm pumped. So, yeah, no, we're going to have a great time. Now, I, you know, for everybody tuning in, what we're going to do today is we're going to, in 30 minutes, get a random SaaS company. It is truly random. Like, I don't know who it's going to be. David doesn't know who it's going to be. Every guest kind of pokes at it a little bit. We never tell them. So we're just going to be completely raw, authentic, and we're going to look at it for the first time with you. And my favorite part of this is you're going to not only get to see what we would do, but how people like David's brains work in real time. And that to me is the coolest little thing that you don't get from any other type of content is how does someone's brain work who's been there and done it in real time. So with that being said, Ryan, can you pull up the wheel so we see who we're looking at today? All right, keep trucking. I have no idea who that is. Talk to us, yes, I sense, yeah, cool. Let's see who it is. Talk desk. All right. Have you heard of Talk Desk before, David? Yeah. Yeah. I actually think uh, they were a competitor of Freshworks. Oh, hell yeah. Well, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Although, you know, memories dim fast. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. All right. I'm going to share my screen and we're going to look at Talk Desk. Now, what I like to do to start this research is before I base my own opinions, I like to see what the market's saying. So, and I, I want to get your take on this. One of my favorite things to do though, is go to the three-star reviews. They got 55 of them. That's interesting, Junior. All right. So let's take a look at their three-star reviews. Good use experience, but needs improvement. The reporting is very difficult to manage. We're able to change our IVR on the fly, include self-service options. Okay. TalkDesk is an enterprise cloud contact center empowering companies to make customer experience a true competitive advantage. Sounds like a little bit of a competitor, right, for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. To so, fresh, right, fresh works, fresh desk. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. And then you got, I like that you can decide to answer the call. I dislike how the transfer feature works. Reconsider if you want smooth transferring capabilities. Okay. Good mm. for simple use. Good to know. Okay. Seems to be heavy on the telephony. Yeah, no, 100%. Exactly. Very phone focused, right? Our option yeah. is using Zoom. Uh, Zoom proved to be more useful in terms of allowing others to hop on the call easily. Hmm. Uh, okay. Good if all you need is a phone line it, to your computer. Wait, their competitor was Zoom? Hmm. I didn't it know. It looks that. like. So let's go have some fun now. Okay, we yeah. got a little idea of what people are saying. Now, based on our kind of conversation, David, before we got started, you talked to me a little bit about how you want to know how a brand makes you feel and why essentially if you could use anyone in the space, why do you have to use them if you're the right person? Is that a fair way of like looking at it or what would you say? Yeah. We want yeah, this like, moment. Like, is the targeting good? Is is the is the messaging clear? And is the image and and the and the promise compelling? Is is okay. what I would like really focus on. And so immediately, right? What is that? What? How do you think they're doing on that? 
Well, so I'm I'm already kind of just like off put by build resilient cloud contact centers. Like uh, who the hell ever goes and types into Google build resilient cloud contact center? You know, like I don't do that. <laughs> yep. Now, I mean, I give them credit. I give them partial credit for being clear. Uh, and I ding them for being totally boring. Build yeah, there, resilient cloud, like build resilient cloud contact centers. Yeah. I'm already, I'm already asleep. Okay. Now they go to Gartner. I saw you've had a lot of great experience with Gartner. I mean, our SaaS clients do very well with Gartner, so it's cool to see this here. I, Gartner's I think, fine. You know. Gartner's a good, you know, trust builder and and uh, validator. Um, but like, it, it, go, go back to the top for a second, Gareth. Yeah. So again, I'm like, okay, why do I care? And how are you different? Because there's a million contact centers out there and, and, you know, CX and everyone is talking about experience and everyone's talking about digital transformation. And, yeah. and, and so to me, the, the, the challenge is how, how do you surface a message that is what you do and more importantly, why I should care, right? No, and yep. what, what is the hook? Oh, God. No, God. Okay, now you've really lost me, right? Right, so unfortunately. So only because... Wait, that, 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 that's their product page? The primary, yep. This is the primary product page. Contact okay. center. A, a, a product page designed by the CTO. Oh, <laughs> You're a savage, but it's so true. Oh, I have to tell these people eventually, David. I can. Only, I have to put a little bit of spin on it, but no, I. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more in the sense that um, perception is reality is a big thing I say and believe in when it comes to marketing, right? And there's this moment of perception, and I think there's this misconception sometimes of how people in the enterprise space and SaaS believe their products are bought. In other words, the CTO wants another CTO to feel good about it instead of making sure that the person who's using it can be a champion. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of decision maker digital sales instead of champion digital sales. And the champion digital sales is what's winning, right? The self onboarding is what's winning. The yeah. product centric growth is what's winning. And this seems to be uh feature-based marketing which frankly has been dead for a while but hasn't yeah, died to them totally and and by the way uh, what what's under when you click on get started what do you get oh you're getting into the de depth stuff i love it David. let's go so well no, I like, like the call that like what's the call which of these features are oh <laughs> okay so here's what you just said which of these features yeah. is most important to you in other words I'm trying to qualify you as a sales lead right now as opposed to actually engaging with you. Yeah, there's this thing that I like to call psychological friction. And the concept for me is how much can I decrease that with my offer and my value proposition so I get someone to take a step right off the edge, right? Where they're gonna say, yes, I'm interested. So let's see at least what this looks like for a second, right? So let's assume, which is interesting, right? Because I was on this product page. So with just the minimalist of technology and personalization, right? At this moment, based on this URL slug, they could have put me immediately in their customer engagement funnel, correct? Right? So now. So, you know, the, 
You, you know, I mean, this is just lead qualification going on here. This is no value to the customer whatsoever. Yeah. And and can I also point out that I think when you clicked on customer engagement, uh, wait, I I don't know where you where where you clicked and then it said down it said download brochure. Oh my god. Okay, is that what resilience involves? Is downloading a brochure? Yeah, so I don't know what happened there. I think I went back to the homepage just to see how I got here. So what, what yeah. I'm interested in, what you're saying is like, so we're in customer engagement, right? Yeah. And so we go, when I see this, usually what I see is that this company is run by their product managers and they have six different product managers that all want to make sure that they get leads accredited to themselves. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? You're, 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 na good. you're navigating their org chart right now. <laughs> yeah, well, because I get to work with all these companies and I see what happens, right? Like the EMEA team, the APAC team, this product center, that product center, and then we're all fighting over credit, right? Because that affects our OKRs, mm -hmm. our comps, and we forget about this little person called the customer, right? Mm -hmm. And so we go to customer engagement. Uh, we're now saying that we're an enterprise company, right? It's a hot lead, right? We got our mm -hmm. CX product. We got all these agents. There's not. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I would, I would just make a fundamental observation here, Garrett is you sucked me in to your lead generation funnel without giving me any reason to give you any of this stuff. Right. You know, like I've, 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 I've come to the homepage. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what, why resilient is important because uh, it, it makes it sound like, Every other uh, help desk out there is somehow flaky and uh, buggy. And so you need something resilient. And I can't imagine that there's that many people who believe most contact centers are not resilient. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so they've got a fundamental problem in messaging and a fundamental problem in, in positioning why anyone should care about their particular solution. Right. And, 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 and the get started thing is just a classic enterprise sales funnel as opposed yep. to, hey, you know, like give me another view on your product or your customers that might be interesting to me and insightful. A hundred percent. Like, well, what about this? Right. I know it's just a high level, right? But it's the same idea, right? Your new contact center will save you 20 percent SAS fees while making every one of your reps smile. Something something like this give me something where i know what your value prop is and who you sell to mm -hmm. it's just not well yeah, you're, it's not right, right here you're selling on price right you're selling yeah. on price and, and now let's talk about price what, what's your take on price in the SaaS world in the sense that i can't see it so far uh, what, what's your take on that? You know, especially with these brands like TalkDesk that are based on the logos, based on the Gartner, based on what they're doing. They're they're going after you know you know a large team organization. Do do they need something that's not? You you know, can, can, what's your that for these you know mid, mid market these trying to play in a process? Do do they pricing or not? Sorry, you you broke up there a little bit, Garrett. I I, I had a hard time getting that. No, no, I'll try it again. So. For a company like TalkDesk, who I wouldn't say is just automatically like solidified as the enterprise leader, let's see. Oh, they're up there. Okay, so they're up there, right? They're within contacts and other players. Do they need to show pricing? Is not showing pricing hurting them big picture in this consumer environment? Like, what's your take on that? Well, I, I mean, in, in, in general, that's like marketing circa 25 years ago, right? 
<clears throat> not not having price transparency is like uh, almost an automatic red flag for most buyers at this point. And it, it, especially in SaaS, because SaaS is, you know, supposed to be modeled more on consumer marketing than it is on, you know, Oracle and Siebel marketing. And yep. so if you're if you're requiring me to go through a sales funnel in order to get there, I'm I'm kind of suspicious, quite honestly. No, and, and I think what's the harm? Because if you're doing the land and expand model, right, it's going to be based on seats to a certain extent, correct? So what what's the harm in showing average seat price, even if it's not specific? And maybe they don't want to and they do look, well, you know, once you have over 500 seats, we give you different discounts and we don't want to give it all away. Right. And it, this just shows like to me, you now have a product led organization and a sales led organization where marketing mm. is like this. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, right? Where every day they're running the ship and they want to be able to do custom quotes on everything. And so they don't want to be priced like like stuck in a corner. Uh, maybe I'm missing something, but that's what this leads to. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, again, it's just the, the, these guys are in a classic uh, enterprise marketing and sales motion here. And, you know, that's uh, an increasingly uh uh, less viable position to be in in the marketplace for sure. Well, you come from Dumbo, you come from WebEx. I wouldn't say those people were initially known, at least from what I've seen on the market, as being super accessible. Like I've tried to work with Dumbo before. Um, you know, WebEx. Well, it's, it's all about the freemium. It's all about the freemium model, right? I mean, we we like at at, at WebEx, we uh, you know essentially gave birth to the modern SaaS industry even even before. Uh, Salesforce had had come to market uh, with with a free trial, right? Like, hey, don't 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 believe what we see on our website. Just get in there and start using it. And yeah. you know, like that that's really set the standard for any kind of uh, cloud offering at this point. Like, if I can't see it, touch it, and smell it, um, I, I really don't want to talk to you. So the reason I asked that question, right, and I love that perspective, was to say, what do you do then if you're talk desk, right? So they they tap you on the shoulder and they say, look, we want you to solve this. And the founders watching this right now are like, we agree, David. What's that first step when we're talking like this? Ironically, they're talking about CX transformation, right? But they <laughs> themselves need some digital transformation. So if you were to show up and be that guy, what's the first thing you need to do from an internal standpoint? Forget tactics. Like how about just reality of making the tactics like – foundationally possible, right? So if they're trying to go through digital transformation, what's the first thing you got to do if you show up? Well, I mean, you have to do what's realistic from a product point of view. And, yep. you know, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, I know very little about TalkDesk, but I, I have this feeling like it's uh, maybe been around for a while or, you know, their technology might not be like the, the most current generation of technology. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I assume that's why they're kind of stuck in this this enterprise mode. Um, but but be that as it may, you know what? To, to, yeah. So the ten, 10 odd years. OK, so 10 odd years in, <clears throat> you, you, you'd think that they'd be able to have a free trial uh, or, or at least, you know, uh, a, a walkthrough tour of the product on the website. And, and if you can't actually incorporate the product into the website as you would expect a modern SaaS offering to be able to do, then, you know, give me like a quick walkthrough, you know, give me a quick video, give me a quick 
sense of, of, of how this thing actually feels to use. Um, and, and then I'll, I'll be a lot more comfortable uh, diving in more deeply. No, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more, right? Like when we're talking with literally every one of our enterprise players right now who are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not wanting to spend or it's currently in the millions a month, every one of them, right? Every one of these directors we're getting to work with, every one of these leaders universally is trying to decrease friction between the moment of value of their product and their website, mm -hmm. right? Like how can I get a consumer from identifying, becoming aware, landing on my website, to a moment of value, the magic moment my product creates, how quickly can I make that happen? How frictionless yeah. can that be? Yep. That's pretty much universal, right? Across, we have about 60 SaaS accounts, all mm -hmm. at least. That's yep. what they're trying to do. And, I, and, and yeah. the thing is, so, so to, you know, to your point about product people uh, running the asylum, um, yeah. It is, you know, a lot of times product people are uh, overly protective or maybe even paranoid about putting their stuff out on the web. Like, oh, we're giving away too much value or oh, yeah. our competitors are going to find out what our secret sauce is. And you know what? Like, screw that. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if, 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 if it doesn't matter if your competitors figure it out because if you're not far enough along in terms of differentiating yourself, they're going to beat you anyway, right? And 100%. I mean, you've worked on this. And I'm looking at Freshworks right now. Like, you couldn't have more products, right? Like, you, you were in that environment, right, where you had them all. How did you solve that, right, where it wasn't each product marketing manager thought they were God and they owned, like, I mean, I'm, I see it all the time, right? Where they all have their own websites or their subdomains or they're, mm -hmm. and they're all different branded. There's not one consistent menu. So how do you herd cats? Sorry, product marketing people. But like, how do you organize them in a way that it's a consistent message that's about customers, not about talk desk? Like how, how, yeah. how do you tackle that? So, so we, we went through a whole brand exercise at, um, uh, at Freshworks, where we wanted to come up with the kind of the core concept that defines us as a platform, and that was creating customers for life. We wanted yep. our customers to be with us for life, and we wanted to create software that would allow them to acquire and keep customers for life. That was kind of the core brand like that. promise that we came up with. And, and what we did is we made that apply to all of the products, whether it was the support desk product, the, the internal IT product, the uh, the CRM product, the chat product, everything was about that that long-term customer relationship and and uh, buy-in uh, and loyalty. And, and that was really different than, you know, like a Salesforce uh, or a Zendesk that tended to be much, much more focused on uh, uh, customer acquisition, for example, in the case of Salesforce. Uh, yeah. and, and so we had a very different perspective um, and we tied that together in all of the products so that the products could better cross-sell each other. I know. I love that. Now, one of the things I find interesting, though, that we talked about earlier, right? We said this gets started button where you make all this friction and stuff. So you, I put you down the right experience. How did you tackle that at Freshworks from like a homepage universal menu standpoint so that you could put people, right? Because what they're afraid of, right, in their defense is – well, I don't want someone who wants workforce engagement to get a customer engagement demo, or I don't want someone who wants AI to get an analytics demo. So how do we do that at scale in your mind for everyone watching without 
creating useless friction? Um, well, uh, gosh, you know, I just wouldn't overthink that, right? I mean, uh, like <laughs> the 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 point is is that you know if if you're going to buy a support desk for your customers, at at some point you're going to need a support desk for your employees too, or you're going to need a CRM system, and and so yeah. if if you start navigating through our website. And, and learning about all of our products where you might just that day be interested in one, that's fine because guess what? I'm setting you up for a cross-sell later, right? Yeah. And if I have a rich brand in the case of, of uh, Freshworks, I just need enough of a, of a strand to, uh, to, to keep it all together, right? So it doesn't seem like a bunch of uh, uh, siloed offerings. Uh, and, and, that, and, no, and that was definitely a challenge that we had. Uh, at Freshworks, and it's something that uh, is is an ongoing uh, exercise in unifying the brand, and even even moving the, the naming structure into a more uh, unified approach, uh, which 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 started this year with the uh, Freshworks. Instead of something being fresh desk and fresh service and fresh uh, chat, uh, we needed to work Freshworks in there. So the latest uh, product bundle is Freshworks CRM. And eventually all the products will adhere to that because, yeah. because we actually had customers sometimes get confused and say, hey, is Fresh Service competing with Fresh Desk? And it's like, no, 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 we're the same company. You're right? like, where? <laughs> First off, who's your account executive? No. Um, I, one of the things I find interesting always, and I love your take on content here, is when we talk about ourselves, right? Like, um, what, what's your take, though, when you've got a blog, a demo setter, customer reels, benchmark tool, buyer's kit, all this different content, which I'm sure is great. Like I don't want to devalue it. How, how do I organize it though in a way where the value is self-evident or I get people to the right place? Like how, how do you take this massive amounts of content and make it accomplish what it was initially designed to do? Yeah, well, so I, I think it's... um. Uh, I mean, I think the way to conceptualize that is you, you got to do your best in terms of site structure and site organization um, to think of it entirely from the buyer's point of view. So, you know, we everyone talks about customer journeys. That's the wrong yeah. way to think about it because that's a sales oriented way of thinking about it, which is like this get started button is just a disaster of, of sales oriented thinking. Um, but but you know, if I'm in the market for a, a contact center, right? Yep. You know, what is the process that I'm going through of evaluating what all my options are, right? And and so everything has to be structured toward that journey and ideally getting the right piece of content in front of the buyer at the right time. And, you know, you may have a, you may have a very few, you may have someone who's not even in the market today, but maybe in the market in a year, and yep. you're going to want to feed them a different piece of content than the person who's actually just done a Google search on like, you know, Zendesk competitors, right? Yeah, yep. Because they're in the market to, to, to evaluate what, what's uh, the, the competition for Zendesk. And, and, and so I think that's just the, the framework uh, that you want to bring. And, and yep. so the structure on your website is, um, is, is attuned to that buyer's journey. Uh, but even yeah. even more importantly, perhaps, is once you've got them as a lead, that your nurture programs also adhere to that framework. 
I love that. So I like to get like practical, David. So I love what you said and my brain went going. So check this out. What if we did the same environment of the menu, but we started to create labels so our customers could self-identify. So we took the one, two, three, four, five, and we organized it based on our customer. In other words, almost everything we're talking about talk desk today is saying, hey, talk desk, it's not about you, right? Like that's essentially mm -hmm. what you and I are saying. It's mm -hmm. about your customer. So what if we move this and created a category that's an exploring right above webinars, mm -hmm. it said, you know, purchasing, or it said current customer. And then we organize our resources based on where they're at. And then that would allow me to be like, yeah, I am exploring. What should I be aware of? Right. Or yeah, I'm looking to buy. What, what are people saying about you? Right. And I don't know, this is one way of taking a lot of different content across a lot of different product lines, across a lot of different regions and allowing people to self-identify. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I, I agree. Totally. And it sounds like, you know, my favorite thing in content today is when you have the data, right? So it sounds like to me, they have this like benchmark tool to see how you stack up, right? Like, oh, that, how am I? That's cool. Now, where is that on the site? Oh, you want to find it? Check it out. You're going to have to go to resources and a benchmark tool. Now, uh, I think this thing's bitching. If yeah, put, it on the whole, put it on the homepage. Well, yeah, and then show the average data, right? Like, what happens to the average customer? When they transition to talk desk, what happens? Right? Yeah, like, exactly. What happens to the abandonment rate? What happens to – and then we start to make our content about this. So we talk about benchmarks right. on the industry. So what's the benchmark in IT? Uh, what's the benchmark in regions? What's the benchmark mm -hmm. in countries, right, industries? And then start putting out the data that no one else can do, right? If you can create yeah. content – that no one else can create because you have data that no one else has. Yeah, and, and Garrett, what's really, what's really good about this is it's very interactive and it's it's a win-win. And in fact, can you scroll up a second? So see yep. how you stack up. So what's the promise here? See where you stand against your peers. That's awesome. Compare yep. uh, key metrics to recognize market trends, fix pitfalls, and uncover opportunities to improve customer service. So, so this this is really cool and and what's good about it is it's a win-win because it's a win for the buyer who may be very well interested in uh these types of kpi comparisons uh but it's also a win as a lead because you know guess what now the salespeople know what the guy's interested in or the right david i think the funny part is and i can see this in my mind and i hope i'm wrong but this is like what my assumption is i've got a risk averse cmo who's been burned in the past and she's in charge of the homepage. I have product marketing managers that have to own their stuff and are blasted on quarterly KPIs if they don't hit and they're using only first touch attribution, hence why they're having to have people self-identify. Mm -hmm. And then I've got this creative young person who's like working with developers to come up with awesome <laughs> stuff, yeah. but they have no say in the organization. So they're just like- It's in, the, base in, it's in the basement. Yeah. 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 No, that's so, good. I, 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 think, I think you have a good uh, uh, chance of being right about that. So you're an old, you're your next CMO, right? You've been the CMO at a lot of different places. I get a lot of people on your tactical. Let's just get like org chart for a second. How do you get this person's thinking, which to me is exponentially better than anything I've seen from their marketing. Mm -hmm. How do you get them to have a bigger influence, right? Because this same person is going to be the same person that's going to want to do trials and start for free now 
and like get people into the product. How do we how do we elevate people like this when they're not the product owner or they're not the CMO? Like, how do we give them a bigger you, voice? As marketers? you have, you have to create a collaborative, creative process within marketing, but even more importantly, between marketing and sales and between marketing and executive management, where everyone has a voice and you start with the philosophy that a good idea can come from anyone and anywhere, right? Yeah. So if you, if you fundamentally believe that there's no monopoly in marketing on, on good ideas, guess what? You're going to surface a lot more good ideas you know, from the lowest levels of marketing or from a customer, from a, a salesperson, you know, you name it. Like we we ran this uh, guerrilla marketing campaign at Freshworks against uh, uh, Salesforce and we had a brand workshop for this campaign and we brought in some of our customers and we brought in some, some Salesforce customers. And, and one of the Salesforce customers said, like, I would never recommend Salesforce to one of one of my friends because it's too complicated, you know, frustrating and expensive. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And that line turned into Salesforce. Complicated, frustrating, and expensive. Who says you can't have all three? <laughs> That's savage, by the way. So, well, so we're talking about big, big ideas, right? How did you get that internally as CMO? Because there is a, a kill person who hates you for good when you say that. There is the one people private scare get fit fails force that campaign live because i think the same way you got that live and approved by management is the same way talk desk gets pricing on their website like i don't think it's any less difficult for talk desk to get pricing than for you to get a blimp so mm -hmm. how did you get a blimp? like what was that process like well, I mean, look, uh, a lot of it just goes to the the the, the heart and, and culture of the company, right? I mean, Freshworks has a, a big appetite uh, for for thinking big and acting bold, and and uh, you know uh, ma making a mark on the map in in the quickest possible way, uh, and and so guerrilla marketing, you know, at at, at Dreamforce was a, a great way for us to you know get instant name recognition among a highly qualified audience. Um, but you know, like uh, everyone has their own style and approach, right? Yep. And 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 you just have to to work within the, the the parameters of each company's culture. But but you know, don't be afraid. If if you're a marketer and you're afraid to push those boundaries, then you know you're probably not going to rise above the noise in the market, right? You got to push, yeah. push beyond. No, I love that. I love that. So let's 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 wrap up now. You know. We gotta give some talk that's some credit. They have a great product that appears and they're doing really well. I yeah. think they just need to be a little bit more bold in the sense that like yeah. it's very timid. Like if you the shit, say it. You know what I mean? Like if you the leader start acting like it instead yeah. of saying build resilient cloud, like they need and, some swagger, right? So let's it, say well, especially if you're gonna if you're gonna uh plant your flag on the moon of customer experience transformation. You better have a transformed customer experience on your own website. Yep, 100%. So you yeah. show up. You're the CMO. You got three things to do based on this conversation. Uh, what are those three things weighted by, like, importance? So one, two, and three, what would you do? Well, uh, again, I, I, I always start with why should I care? What, what's different, what's better, and what's compelling 
uh, about TalkDesk and make sure that that is front and center uh, and then validate that and engage me, right? So that content, that KPI content that you were talking about, you know, if, if their value proposition really is about uh, you, you know, measurable KPI improvement uh, versus your, you know, your customers' uh, competitors, then yep. engage me on that and, and the, you know, all of this, right? It yep. Prove to me um, that, you know, with your solution and, and convince me that I've got a shot at, at achieving some of these uh, competitive improvements with this solution. And if that's what you mean by resilient, then just change the word resilient to something else. Yep. I love it. I love it. I love it. So in closing, I'm going to wrap this up. and I'm going to mm-hmm. just say a couple things. I, if I was CMO and I'm looking at it, number one, I'm going to try to decrease the friction to get into my product. I got to figure out with my engineering team, even if it's just a different instance or how I need someone to be able to experience what it's like, even if it's not their own data, maybe yet, or they just got to be able to click around and feel it. Number one, number two, pricing. How much does this darn thing cost? I want to know. And number three, like you said, I mean, we just need to bring people like we have to have something like, why do you choose talk to us? And in, mm-hmm. I think the thing that they have to be okay with David, if we're being honest, is they got to be okay with some people not being their customer. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It should be so clear that the wrong people are like here and the right people are like, yes, finally, the perfect solution does exist. So mm-hmm. no, I love it. And can, can you communicate to a nine-year-old who's like sneaking up on me here in the background? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, David, for being yeah. a part of this young My man. Future CMO we have on our show today, which is cool. So yeah. uh, thanks for being here. Uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, David, um, David, and what's the best David, R- David R. Thompson on Twitter. Okay. Wow. Likes money. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And he's not cheap. I love that. Well, thank you so much uh, for being here today, David. And uh, that's the SaaS Marketing Makeover, everybody. You got it. Take care, Peace. Garrett. Bye. Peace out. Oh, I guess you're so funny. <laughs>